You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. I want you to go to the book of Matthew, chapter number five. And in wrestling in the Holy Ghost today, I felt like God confirmed something for me to preach on Sunday. And so I thought, well, Lord, that's good. It's four o'clock and church is in a few hours, but what am I supposed to preach tonight? And going back and forth, I'm coming back to this and I can't escape it. So I want to take you to Matthew chapter five and we're going to go to verses 43 through 47. And so we'll just stay close on the music. You don't have to stay up here the whole time, but I want God to have his way tonight. We're, we're transitioning from midweek Bible study to midweek church service for the next few months, just through our summer. And I believe in God to do some great things. So Matthew chapter number five and verse number 43. Everybody say transformational behavior. Transformational behavior. I'm starting another series tonight. There it is right there. Tonight, I want to share with you a transformational behavior, something that has changed my life personally. A lot of times when I come, I preach things that I feel God wants me to preach to the church, but sometimes there's things that God has to deal with me first, and He has to preach to me first, and He has to rebuke me first, and He has to tell me first before I get it and it matriculates and I begin to practice it in my life, and then am I able to come and preach it to you. Tonight, I want to preach to you a transformational behavior. A few years ago, God gave me something that so powerfully, he spoke it into my spirit and got me through some difficult seasons. And you heard me tell it. And I think it was, I don't know, it was three, four years ago now. It's been a while. But I remember God gave me a resolve when I was facing something just internally in my own life and thought, God, how am I going to get through this? There were two things. And that was God's been too good for me not to be grateful. And he's given me too many promises not to be hopeful. That changed my life. Because all of a sudden I got on a trajectory that it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to be hopeful. Tonight I want to teach you another transformational behavior. I want to preach it into your spirit. It's going to be taught. you got to catch it. But I want to preach it into your spirit tonight. I feel an unction of the Holy Ghost. Somebody here tonight needs to get this. God's going God's gonna to break. I believe it right now. I'm prophesying. God's going to open up a prison door for somebody tonight. When you get this into your spirit, Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. And he says this, verse 43, Ye have heard that it hath been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. This is exactly what the, the uh, Pharisees had been teaching They taught not only to love your neighbor, but they actually taught to hate your enemy. But I say unto you, and this is it in verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Somebody say bless them. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you 
that ye may be the children of your father. How many want to be God's children? Which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brothers only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Jesus was trying to teach a principle that you need to emulate God. No one else in this world. Nothing else in this world. The Lord is the one that ought to direct your footsteps, order your life, determine and dictate your actions and your attitudes. Be perfect as your father is perfect. And he did it by saying this, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. I'm going to preach to you on this thought, the power of a blessing tongue, the power of a blessing tongue. God, I pray that you'd anoint us for the next couple of moments to do justice to your word, to both preach it and speak it, to hear it and to receive it. And I ask that your anointing would have your way in Jesus' name. And everybody said in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated tonight in the name of the Lord. This has changed my life. This has changed my life. And Jesus confronts a modern, maybe not modern, but an ageless, I should say, misconception of humanity, a twisting of Scripture, an interpretation of things after our own desires, prejudice, preferences, however you want to say it. But the principle of having a blessing tongue was not new here in Matthew chapter number five. A blessing tongue was something that was powerful and powerfully understood by the children of Israel and specifically the Israelites, the Jews of Jesus' day and age. We know the power of a blessing tongue. David writes, In Psalm chapter 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. It was in a moment of adversity. It was in that moment when he was captive before the Philistines that he would write this psalm. It was not pinned out of the high tops of life. It was not pinned in the easy seasons of life, but out of the pressure, out of the decision forcing moments of life, he would sing this psalm with such power. I will bless the Lord at all 
times. You can't determine to bless God at all times until you've lived through all seasons. What I'm saying is you can't determine to bless the Lord at all times when you've only lived in the good times. You can't determine to praise God at all times when you've only lived in the times where of plenty and, and no need, but it is in those moments of good times and bad times. It's after going through the dark nights and the sleepless nights that then there is depth to the resolve. I will bless the Lord at all times. And it was his praise in that moment. It was his determination in that moment that literally would allow the Philistine king to look and say he's mad and set him free and loose him. And he learned in that moment there was power in the blessing tongue. Oh, I'm here to tell you that we can't lose the power of the blessing tongue. That's why when we come into the house of the Lord, the the apostle says, rejoice evermore. <laughs> Let there be a song in your heart. Let there be a praise in your lips. There's something powerful about blessing God. And the church said, amen. amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord. They knew. They knew the power of a blessing tongue. And so with faithfulness, they went to Jerusalem still to offer alms and praise to God in the midst of Roman domination and control. They also knew the power of a blessing tongue in the context in the context of Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22. Numbers chapter 6 and verse 22, God instituted that Moses would speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, and on this wise you are going to tell them. He commanded them. The Lord told Moses, command the priest, command the high priest, command his sons, command those that serve in the tabernacle to bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. It was a blessing that they instituted every time there was a gathering and every time they would come to the moment of departure, that blessing would be spoken over their life, over the congregation, over all that was there. But they forgot verse 27, and they shall, and they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. The blessing God let them know that would come in their life was when they had the name of God upon them. The blessing that, that Aaron and his sons were to pronounce over them was the affirmation that God's name had been applied to their life. But somewhere along the way, 
They lost sight of this. I don't know about you, but let me pause and say I am thankful that there is a blessing that is upon those that have the name of God upon their life. Can I tell you, I'm thankful. When I went to the waters of baptism and I was buried in the name of Jesus, his name was forever applied to my life. And I am not my own. You are not your own, but you are bought with a price. And there is a blessing upon in your life because you have surrendered and submitted to God. I'm here to tell you we're not special because of whose, uh, 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 of whose children we were born to or what nation we live in or the things that we have done. But what makes us a blessed people is because we came to an altar of repentance and we went to the waters of baptism and his name was applied to our life. That's what brings the blessing of God in our life. But somewhere along the line, Israel forgot the reason for their blessing. And they perceived their blessing as just the preference and the prejudice of God, that God was a respecter of persons. And by time we get to the time of Christ, the Pharisees are teaching, you love your neighbor and you hate your enemy. It was an interesting ideology that had entered into the so-called people of God. You are to love your neighbor, and they would bless their neighbor. Shalom, even in their greeting to one another, there was a blessing. When they would exit one another, there was a blessing. When they went into their stores or their houses, there was a blessing. Their culture was full of blessings. In fact, some of those things we've picked up on some of those traditions, and sometimes those things enter into our church culture Little things like when you meet somebody in, in, in the store that goes to church or you meet a brother or sister or you're calling them on the phone, sometimes we begin with a blessing, praise the Lord. There's a blessing. Or when we close out the conversation or we leave, we leave with a blessing. God bless you. The Lord bless you. Those things are, are derived and carried down and handed down from that. But the Pharisees at this time, Time, had forgotten why the blessing was, and they had made it about themselves. Here they were teaching, love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. There is no scripture. I'll just pause for a moment. There is no scripture, no basis for this teaching in the Old Testament ever. You will search high and low and never find where it says, hate your enemies. It's not in there. They did take some things and they twisted. We can understand perhaps how they were confused over some things when they made it about themselves, when their pride got in the way. They twisted some scriptures, but never did they find scripture that said, hate your enemies. And by the time of Christ, their neighbor was reduced to just those that were like them, those that lived with them, those that 
talked like them, those that look like them. It was only fellow Jews that were their neighbor. And everyone else was an enemy. And they were actively teaching that it is your duty and it is your responsibility to hate those that do not honor God. They had twisted scripture and they had messed it up. While going to the temple, they were worshiping God. They were blessing the body, God's people. And yet at the same time, the bitterness would come out of their mouth as they would hate their enemy. I'm going to tell you, if there was ever a carnal and a worldly spirit, this is it. When you <laughs> hear me, hear me today, they were teaching that their neighbor was only those that looked like them, that lived with them, those from their own house. Have you heard? Have you heard it in our culture today? Stay true to your own tribe. We have a tribal mentality in our world. We're uncomfortable with people that aren't like us. And immediately in our mindset, we draw parameters and lines around people that we are to be comfortable with and we are to bless and we are to hang out with and we are to be with and to belong. This was anti-Christ. This was anti what God was trying to do. And Jesus comes along and he turns this teaching upside down on its head and he shows them their carnal, their worldly, ungodly spirit. And he says, this is what you've heard said, but I say unto you, oh, such liberating words that he would speak. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Why? So you may be seen and called as the children of your father. And while their ideology had no scriptural basis, Jesus now would bring back scripture to teach his principle. He would reach into the Old Testament. He would go all the way back to the book of Job and elsewhere. And he would say, why? For he maketh the son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sendeth the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He was quoting what God had spoken to Job, what Job had written, that God, his goodness is not determined by our reaction to him. That it does not matter if we reject God. It does not matter if we displace God. He's still good. When he gets up, hey man, the sun's still shining. He still pours out blessings on those that hate him, on those that despise him. God's just going to be good. He's just good. He's too good. He's just God. God is good all the time. All the time, God, it's just in his nature. When he set about to create, it did not matter how man would respond or what season man was in or whether man was in a backslidden state or a 
rebellious state, God already determined as long as his days are upon that earth, there's going to be sun and there's going to be rain. There's going to be blessing for growth. There's going to be prosperity. There's going to be an opportunity every morning. Jeremiah said his mercies are going to be new. We want to put God in a box and we want to shut God down and we want to close God. But God is bigger than our perspective. God's bigger than our offenses. He's bigger than our hurts. He's bigger than our troubles. And God is good no matter what you do and no matter what I do. And so Jesus is teaching if we want to be like God, if we want to be perfect as he is perfect, I'm trying to help somebody tonight, if you want to be the children of your Father in heaven, then when you get up in the morning and you go throughout your day, how you act should have no bearing on what somebody else has done to you, what somebody else has said about you, what somebody else has said to you. If you want to be like your father in heaven, then when you get up, you make a determination. I'm going to have a blessing tongue. I'm going to have a loving heart. I'm going to have a praying spirit. It does not matter what others do to me. I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. Whether they persecute me, whether they, whether they come against me, it does not matter. And the thing he said was, bless them. Somebody say it. Put it up there. We're going to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44. Is this all right tonight? <laughs> bless them. Can we put this on the screen? Matthew 5 and 44. I want to make sure they know that I'm preaching in the Bible. It's coming. There it is. That's a, good, that's a good point. Sometimes it takes a while for us to see it. Bless them. What does it say? That curse you. Pharisees are saying, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. Given all the list. Jesus comes along and says, no, 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 no. You bless them that curse you. I'm going to tell you, there is a power of a blessing tongue. Why? Because this is a transformational behavior. And I'm getting ready to come to a close just to let you know. I know it's 744 on a Wednesday night, and I normally have a good half an hour left to go. <laughs> come on back to the music. This is a transformational behavior. When you can bless your enemies, it means you are not affected by your enemies. Right. Hear me tonight. Let me say that again. When you can bless your enemies, you are not affected by your enemies. You are not detoured or discouraged by what they say by how they act, or what they think of you. When you bless your enemies, you are acknowledging they are made in the image of God. Yes. I'm not going to curse them because they're made in the image of God. And oh, by the way, the image 
of the God that they're made in, that God is sovereign. And so what I do is not determined by them. It's determined by Him. Sunrise, rainfall. They still have mercy every morning, no matter the sin, no matter how far. So if that's the God that's in their life, then I'm going to be a child of my Father. And I'm going to bless them. See, I'm preaching to somebody tonight that you need to get a blessing tongue. You need to get a blessing tongue. Some of us, we're not walking around in victory because we're led by tongues of offense. And we come to church and we worship and we pray through and we shout. But before we go home, all of a sudden our tongue has gone back into that mode of being offended. I'm trying to help somebody tonight with a transformational behavior. Why? Because your tongue is the gauge that lets you know who really controls you and who has power over you. Yeah. Come on now. I want to have church where we have liberty and we shout and we pray and we worship God and we speak in tongues and the Holy Ghost moves. But if on your way home, that crazy driver cuts you off. You know it's the Holy Ghost when you slow down and say, you know what, you probably need to go get going where you're going a little bit more than me. You know what, they, they probably, I, I should, I, let me just get over and let all these other crazy people go on my, what? I'm going to tell you, when you get a blessing tongue in your life, you're letting some, you're letting everyone know who really has control over you. Come on. We've got to stop letting our tongues lead us around offended, discouraged, and depressed. And we wonder why every day we wake up is worse than the day before. If you'll just get a blessing in your tongue, just start blessing them. Just start blessing them. God bless them. I don't know the problem they're going through, but God, they need a blessing. Put an angel in their path. Let the blessing of the Lord fall. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Uh, Come on, come on, come on. This isn't just excitement. This is true Holy Ghost, fruit of the Spirit, transformational behavior. You will never rise above, above your problems until you learn to get a blessing tongue. We're coming to church, Pastor. Pastor, pray for me. I got, I got this problem. I got it. I'm going to tell you, sometimes you keep coming back bringing the same problems. You need to get a blessing tongue. Start blessing the thing that's cursing you. Start blessing the ones that are fighting you. Start. You'll never outgrow your troubles until you learn to get a blessing tongue. I'm telling somebody tonight, you need to stand in your life and face your problems and begin to speak it and begin to declare it. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Come on, you may have hurt me. You may have offended me, but you know what? I'm going to bless you in the name of Jesus. Come on, you may have said some things that, man, that cut to the core, but I'm going to bless you in the name of Jesus. Come on, 20 years ago, you did something to me, and every time I walk by you, there's this, it just comes up in my life. But you know what? I'm going to bless you. 
you start, you get a blessing tongue, and all of a sudden the prison doors will open up. All of a sudden you'll start walking out of things that used to dictate how you felt and what happens. And now all of a sudden when you got to blessing them, it doesn't bother you when they're in the room anymore. It doesn't bother you in the church anymore. Nobody's going to help me preach. But if you get a blessing tongue, there's something inside of your life that will let you begin to walk in victory in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Go with me to James chapter number three. I can't, I can't skip this. James chapter number three and verse number eight. Look at what he said. He said, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Look at what he said in verse nine. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith, curse we men which are made after the similitude of God. There it is. Come on. We're blessing God here. And the next moment we're cursing everything over here. They're, they're made in the image of God. Yes, they're carnal. Yes, they're pagan. Yes, they're idolatrous. Yes, yes, they've got every kind of sin. They don't even acknowledge God. But they were made in the image of God. And now you're letting the creation have more control over you than the creator? If the creator can cause the sun to rise, then who are you to write somebody else off? <laughs> For the Holy Ghost, God's wanting to pour some things out. We got to get the bitterness out of our tongue. Fountain, he goes on, look at what he says. He says, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. Verse 10, my brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? If you want power in your worship and power in your praise, I'm going to tell you where God really gives, sees power in your voice of worship is when you're out there and you can bless someone that's hurting you. You cannot be yielded. Here, get this. I'm closing, but get this. You cannot bless God and curse men. This is what James is saying. You can't bless God and curse men. Hear me today. I know we got the children in here. We got kids on social media. We got adults on social media. We got people on social media. Ought not be on social media. Social media does things to us that we lose our minds on social media. And that's not totally your fault because you can read the books. I have, books. I have a book on my desk sitting there right now in my briefcase because social media is designed to do that. Right. You're, 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 you've got your head in the sand if you don't realize that, that the designers and the framers of social media, literally, they call it behavioral modification empires. That's what they call it because they know they're able to modify your behavior. We got people in the church that behaviors are more modified by social media instead of the spirit. That's not biblical. Because our spirit is supposed, our, who we are, our behavior is supposed to be modified by the word of God and by the spirit of God. And I'm not preaching against social media. We ought to rise above that. But you can't bless God in one mouth and curse men on the other. We cannot do the same. Here's the thing. You cannot be yielded both at the same time to God and controlled by men at the same time. 
we got anger buttons. People push our buttons and all of a sudden we go nuts. Pains that we go through and triggers. Anybody have any triggers in your life? Anybody be honest enough to say, I've got some triggers. I got some triggers. You're not a human being if you're not saying, I've got triggers. We all have triggers. We know why, because we're human. But I cannot be yielded to God at the same time that I'm controlled by men. That's why in order for you to bless them that persecute you, you've got to have a work of the Spirit in your heart. You've got a work of your Spirit. But when you will get a blessing tongue, a blessing tongue, it's a transformational behavior. God, I bless. Whatever it is, what's the problem in your life? What's, what's the issue in your life? What's, what's the thing in your life? You got a car that's unreliable. You got a house that's fallen down. You got a marriage that's falling apart. You got a child relationship that isn't where it needs to be. Come on, you got a job that really isn't ideal and you're just sort of floating through that. What would happen if you just began to bless it? God, I bless it. I bless this sorry old car that you gave me. At least I got a car. It's sorry, but God, I bless it. I bless these four wheels that don't even match. I bless these tires that aren't wearing evenly. God, I bless this radio that doesn't work unless I hit the pothole at the right place. I bless this house. Come on. I've lived there, folks. I bless this house whose plumbing leaks and the air conditioner doesn't work. And I got mosquitoes fly in because the screens are so old. God, I bless these clothes. That second, third hand, somebody's worn them four times and I just picked them up on the sale day at Goodwill. God, I bless my family. I bless the messed up neighbor next to me. God, I bless, I bless my parents. God, I bless my aunts and my uncles. God, I bless. And you begin, you start digging and you start blessing. And all of a sudden you realize that there's something that happens. You know what the antidote for resentment is? It's called forgiveness. You can't forgive on your own, but through the power of the Holy Ghost, you can forgive. And you know what forgiveness is? I tweeted it out today. Forgiveness is just giving. What does it say here? Forgiveness is giving up my right to hurt you back for hurting me. I'm going to give up my right to hurt you back for hurting me. You know why? Because you were made in the image of God and God forgave me. So I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to pray that those hands that hurt me don't hurt anymore. And I'm going to pray that God gets a hold of you. I'm going to pray the name of God gets applied to your life. I'm going to pray that somewhere you find a preacher. You may be rotting in prison, but I pray God sends an angel. God sends someone with a Bible. Send someone with a message. And when you begin to bless... There is something that begins to free. There is something that begins to release. And I'm here to preach to somebody tonight. You've got to fight the battle that you don't lose the blessing tongue. Get a blessing tongue and hold on to it. I can't grow unless I have a blessing tongue. I can't rise above my trouble unless I have a blessing tongue. But I'm going to stand tonight and say no matter what's happened, I choose to bless the Lord. Lord at all times. Yes. My blessing God, that means that I'm letting go of my right and my will to curse men. Yes. So God, I bless you tonight. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
heads bowed and eyes closed in this place. Come on, somebody. There's something. There's a trouble in your life. I've, 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 I've been wrestling all day long. There's somebody here. You've, you've got things that have got you all bound up. Other people in life is just pushing your button. It doesn't matter. You're at the checkout line, and it, you're angered by the little things that set you off. I'm here to tell you tonight that there is power in a blessing tongue. It'll transform your life. It'll transform your behavior. When I give an altar call tonight, I'm calling for those that will come and bless the Lord. Acknowledging, though, that while you want to come and bless the Lord, you're surrendering your right to curse men, to talk about men, to tear down men, because I can't do both. I've got to do one or I've got to do the other. Get a blessing tongue in your heart, folks. Can I tell you, you know what this world needs? It needs a blessing. You know what our nation needs? It needs a blessing. You know what our city needs? It needs a blessing. Come on, are there politicians that are making a mess of things? Absolutely, you better believe it. Is our nation headed for disaster? Absolutely, you better believe it. But you know what it needs? It doesn't need someone else to get up and curse them and condemn them. What it needs is somebody to stand up and pray, God bless America. God bless the White House. God bless the Capitol. God bless my city. God bless my neighborhood. God bless my school. Oh, I'm preaching now. Hear me. How often do we sound off? Oh, God. And he said, you cannot curse men and bless God at the same time. These altars are open. I want to invite somebody to come to an altar and say, God, I want a blessing tongue. I gotta bless that saint that I avoid at the church. I gotta bless that family member that I that I hate. God, I gotta bless that that person on my job that I can't stand. God, that person I cussed out, that person I told off, that person that I avoided, that person I deleted. God, maybe maybe my place isn't on social media yet until I get my position secure in the prayer room. Maybe I, I shouldn't be sounding off, God, about other things until I get a blessing tongue in my life. God, I'm wondering why I'm depressed and I'm wondering, God, why I'm beat up and I'm wondering why I'm letting others, God, determine my posture and my attitude. But God, tonight, I'm coming to bless you, God. I'm coming to bless men. I'm blessing those around me. I'm blessing my home. I'm blessing my city. I'm blessing my job. I'm blessing that boss that hates me. And I'm, I'm blessing that neighbor, God, that annoys me and bugs me, God. And I'm blessing them, Lord. Because, God, I want to be pleasing to you. I want to be perfect even as you are. Come on, somebody. Come on, can you lift your voice? Come on, the Holy Ghost is here tonight. The Holy Ghost is here. Come on, young person. Come on. this You know what this is all about. Come on. I got to stop talking about people and making, making people the subject of my laughter, my conversation. I've got to get a blessing tongue in my heart, God. I'm going to bless you, Lord, with all of my heart. I'm going to bless you, Lord, with all of my mouth. God, don't let there be room for anything else. Let your praise be ever on my lips, God. Yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, 
yes, God. Let the praise of your spirit, God, drive every, everything else out of my life, God. Put a blessing in my heart. Put a blessing in my soul. I'm going to bless, God, those that persecute me, those that hurt me, God. Not just those I love, God, but those that I don't. That I can't even stand, Lord. I'm going to bless them, God, because they're yours. Oh, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. saying that you weren't done wrong. He's not saying you weren't hurt. He's not saying you weren't right in your feelings. He's just trying to set you free. Come on, he's trying to release you from the prison of your emotions. He's trying to release you from the prison of your triggers. Oh God, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. <laughs> Forgive us,
Hallelujah, hallelujah. I, w- I want us, I want us to put this in practice tonight. Because it takes, it is so hard to speak the words. So each one of us have different things that are problems and issues in our life. And we know what those are. And when you can speak and say, God, when you begin to pray, I'm going to tell you, I learned this a long time ago. When you can begin to pray for those that you have issue with, call them by name and begin to say, God, I bless them. You can't say that repeatedly and not mean it. Because what I found is I say, no, no, I don't. That's what my flesh says. But if I'll go back and say, God, I bless them. I pray that your name would find its way on their life. I pray that they would be changed. I pray your mercy would continue to move in their life. God, I pray and you begin to bless them. There is something that liberates you. I don't want to belabor the point, but we're going to do this right now in this service. We're going to do this as an exercise. It doesn't matter how young you are, and it doesn't matter how old you are. There's someone, something that is causing you uh, uh, problems in your life, in your spiritual walk with God. I was nine years old, and my uncle was tragically killed in an accident. He was coming home, working two jobs for his family. He was a pastor. He had come back because he had lost everything. He made his, went out west. He lost everything trying to pastor. He was, he was hit by a semi-truck in the car. He was hit first by a drunk driver. That drunk driver, he's in a middle construction zone, nowhere they could go. The other man in the car that was giving him a ride home was thrown from the car. He was going back to the car. The temperature was well below freezing. It was a record temperature, 1989 in Indianapolis. That December 21st, and a semi-truck came around that corner, blinding snow, nowhere for him to go. And his life was gone in a moment. You want to talk about the anger and the pain, because had a drunk driver not been out there, that ate up my family. Now, I'll never forget my cousin. I love her dearly, Shannon. She told me the night, it was years later, years later, that she carried that. She was at a camp meeting. And in that service, she began to bless the drunk driver that she held responsible for taking her father. She said, God, I forgive him. God, I pray that you would bless him. God, I pray that somehow he would find salvation. God, I pray. And when she began to do that, I'll never forget. I was, I was about 14 years old at the time. It had been about five years. She said, Andrew, when I began to pray, she said, all of a sudden, it was like a burden lifted off of me. She said, from that moment back, she's never looked back. It was like she was let out of a prison. I'm going to tell you, maybe tonight is the night. And if you can't do it tonight, I pray God bless you with enough days ahead that you can wake up one morning to say, God, I bless and you name them. And you pray, God, I pray you save them. 
And I pray that your mercy would be in their life. I'm going to tell you, when you begin to pray that prayer, it will set you free. It will open some things up. So right now, as we close out this service, whatever the issue is for you, you may not want to say it too loud, but I want you to lift your hands toward heaven right now. And I want you to just say, I want you to begin to pray a blessing, God. You know the situation. Come on, would you do this with me, church, right now? God, you know the difficulty, you know the situation, you know the details, you know the names, and you know the faces. But God, tonight we are going to begin to try to pray a blessing. God, I pray tonight that there would be a blessing that would come upon all the offenders. I pray there would be a blessing, God, that would come upon them. I pray, God, that your salvation would fall upon them. Even as the sun rises and the rain falls, God, and your mercies are new every morning, I pray that the Holy Ghost would be alive in their life. I pray, God, that they would experience the joy of salvation, that they would know the hope, God, of what it's like to be forgiven and live with your mercy and your grace leading them, God. I pray tonight that there would be a blessing, God, upon everyone that would fight me, God, everyone that would work against me, God, everyone, Lord, that would talk bad about me, Lord. They don't really know what they're saying. They don't really know what your will is. And so, God, I pray that you would bless them right now. Let the Holy Ghost move. Let there be a revival that falls in their life. I pray, God, those that have tried to use me, God, I pray, Lord, that there would be a blessing. God, bless their hands and bless their feet. God, that they would learn that when they do good, there's a blessing that's upon them. And I pray tonight in the name of Jesus Christ that we would not be held captive by what they've done, but, Lord, that we would seek your will for their life in the name of Jesus Christ. And, God, more than anything, before I speak against them, Lord, let me pause to bless you one more time before I allow bitterness to come out of my mouth. God, let there be a sweet flow of a fountain of praise that comes because you are faithful. And God, I'm going to praise you tonight. I'm going to bless you at all times. I'm going to bless you in the good times and in the bad times. I'm going to magnify your name, God. I'm going to lift up your holy name. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody go ahead and praise God tonight.